Excuse me, uh, ma'am, is this where the president is staying? Yes, it is, young man. Are you a courier? No, I work for the Times. I work for the Courier. Oh, newspapers. I'm sure the president would love to buy an edition from both of you. Here's a nickel for each of you. You seem to misunderstand us, ma'am. We aren't selling newspapers. We write for them. Oh, forgive me. I didn't think at your age. We understand. But the president is expecting us. Oh, forgive me. I'll see you in. Mr. President? Yes, Miss Fiona? Mr. Lincoln, there are two children to see you, sir. Children? That's right. Ivy Gardner, Washington Courier. And Destin Johnson, New York Times. Oh, yes, the interview. Thank you, Miss Fiona. That will be all. I want to thank you for coming by. This speech has given me a headache. Oh, what speech is that? Well, as you know, there was a huge battle here at Gettysburg yesterday. Many men and young boys lost their lives fighting each other. It breaks my heart. But, sir, didn't we win the battle? The Union defeated the Confederates. That's a good thing, right? Yes, I suppose, but I don't think anyone wins when a brother has to kill his brother, no matter whose side they're on. Somebody killed their brother? That's awful! What were their names? Does their mom know? I'm not sure. But I wasn't talking about blood brothers, Miss Ivy. I believe that God made all of us. North, South, Black, White, Slave or Free. We should treat each other with love and understanding. When that fails, we get this terrible loss. Wow, you sound like you actually care about the South. That would be because I do, Mr. Destin. I never wanted to see this war happen. We are the United States of America. That means we are in this together, working together for a brighter future where all men can be free to live as God made them to live. Women too. Yes, of course, ma'am. Anyway, Mr. Everett, a well-spoken man, is going to make a speech about the battle, and then I've been asked to make a statement at the end. Do you think the war is going to end soon, Mr. President? I certainly hope so, Mr. Destin. I got a telegram this morning from General Grant in Mississippi that Vicksburg is about to surrender, and that city is what I believe to be the key in the war. Well, that's good news. Yes, and then maybe we can start making this country one again, and we can all live together in peace. I'm just so tired of this whole affair. Well, you know, I have a way of relaxing that you might enjoy. Is that so, Mr. Destin? Yeah, I call it a radio. Interesting. And how does this radio work? Allow me to demonstrate. I found the picnic basket, Mr. Jacobs. Great. Want to pass it down, Ivy? Here it comes. Thank you. So anyway, that's my report on the Gettysburg Address. What do you think, Mr. Jacobs? It's pretty good, Destin. I especially like how you told it from the perspective of a news reporter. Thanks. Hello, everyone. Are we ready to watch the parade? Almost, Fiona. It took us a while to find the picnic basket, so I've still got to pack everything. That's fine. I'll wait. I'll be right back, then. Don't forget the iced tea. I'm coming down now. Okay. Uh, so, Miss Fiona, what are you doing today? I'm going to the parade with you guys and then attending the picnic cookout, if that's okay. Oh, I thought, you know, since you're from England, 
You might not like Independence Day. Oh? Just because you rebels decided to betray your mother and not help pay for the costs of protecting you from the French? Um, yeah? <laughs> Don't worry, Dustin. I have a saying. Never let politics get between you and a good-natured cookout. That's good advice. I think so. Hey, Miss Fiona. How are you? Hello, Ivy. I'm fine. Ready to go watch a parade? After rummaging around in that stuffy hot attic, I'm ready to do anything that includes sitting down. Well, it sounds like we're going to have some time. Mr. Jacobs is still packing for the picnic. That's okay. We can sit and listen to the radio while we wait. Even the tiniest seed of faith can move mountains. Family Life presents some pint-sized encouragement. Did you know that peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit? The Bible says in Romans 12:18 that God wants us to live peaceably with everybody as much as we can. This can be as easy as thinking of others more than ourselves or not holding a grudge or picking a fight. Sometimes it's easy to fight to get what we want. Instead, God wants us to love others and think more about what they want. This kind of attitude pleases God. Giving hope to our younger brothers and sisters. This is Pint-Sized Encouragement on Family Life. What are you working on there, Dustin? Just making some changes to a paper I'm writing for school. You're doing homework on a holiday weekend? What, are you crazy or something? It's due Tuesday, and I just want to get it out of the way now so I don't have to do it later. All right, if you think that works. I think it's rather clever. What's the subject? History. We're supposed to be writing about the Civil War. The Civil War? During the 4th of July? That doesn't make any sense. Actually, it does, Ivy. The 4th of July is when the colonies decided they could work together in unity. The Civil War was when that unity was threatened by people looking out for themselves and not caring about anyone else. Okay, that sounds good and all, but what's unity? Ah, that would be an important word to know now, wouldn't it? Unity means to work together as one. When there is unity in a group of people, amazing things can happen. Like keeping a country together. Exactly. Usually nations in that time were held together by armies and powerful monarchs. So the idea that a country could be held together by the idea of unity was a strange thing. But it worked. Until the South decided that it wanted slavery to be more important than unity. And so there was a war. Right. After the South lost the war, the country was made one again. But there still is a lot of disunity in our country today. People have strong feelings about laws, leaders, and all sorts of other important things. But instead of trying to understand each other, we decide to let pride lead us, and pride kills any unity we could ever hope to have. This is really interesting, Miss Fiona, but usually when Mr. Jacobs talks about this kind of stuff, he uses Bible verses to prove his point. Oh, hadn't I? Oh, I suppose I haven't. Well, to start, Genesis 11, 6, and Ecclesiastes 4.12 talk about how powerful working together in unity can be. As for the rest of what I was talking about, I have to be careful with my Bible verses because they apply... Oh, right. Well, sorry about the wait, you guys. I discovered I forgot to carve the watermelon. That's okay, Mr. Jacobs. It would have been hard to eat if you hadn't taken the time to get that done. We ready to go? I do believe so. Great. 
I'll take the basket. Destin, if you'd carry the tea pitcher, and would one of you ladies grab the portable radio as well? Sure. Do we want to listen to the radio on our way to the parade? I like that idea. Everyone got a good view of the street? Yep. This is a great spot for watching the parade, Mr. Jacobs. Not too far away and in the shade. Perfect. <laughs> I'm glad you approved, Destin. Hey, Miss Fiona, you were going to tell us something earlier before we left the garage. Was I? Yeah. We were talking about Bible verses that talked about the importance of unity. And you said something about needing to be careful about something. And that's when Mr. Jacobs came in and interrupted you. Oh, I didn't realize I interrupted something. Sorry about that. That's quite all right, Lydell. I was going to say that a lot of the Bible's instructions about being unified are meant to be about how we treat each other as fellow Christians. Romans 12, 16, 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Titus 3, 10, and 1 Peter 3, 8 are all good verses about how we need to work together. But it's talking to us as part of God's united church, not necessarily as part of a country. That's true, Fiona. But I think these passages are still applicable to how we treat our non-Christian neighbors. I know. I was just trying to stay true to context. Applicable context? He means we can still use them, Destin. What I want to know is how do we know they are still applicable? Because there are many, many other verses that tell us to treat everyone the same way we treat our fellow Christians. For example, Matthew 5.44, Romans 12.18, Mark 12.31, Mark 10.44. Okay, I get it. There's a lot of them. I don't get it. What do all of those verses say? Altogether, it comes down to showing God's love to others, not thinking you are better than them, but being kind and considerate. And if I may add one more verse, Ephesians 6.12 tells us that though we may disagree with people and they may not treat us well, we need to treat them with love because they aren't our real enemy. The powers of sin and darkness are. Exactly. Satan loves it when there's disunity in the church, and he's very good at making sure his own dark powers stay unified. After all, like Jesus said about him, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Wait, Jesus didn't say that. Abraham Lincoln did. Actually, Jesus got to it first, Dustin. Matthew 12, 25. It's almost as if Mr. Lincoln had read the Bible and knew that it had a point about the importance of being united. Oh, you would think so, wouldn't you? Hey, I think I hear the parade. Ivy's right. I hear it too. Splendid! I'd better get my phone out so I can send a video to my sisters. They do love a parade. I take it we're done listening to the radio then? Yeah, I can turn it off.